Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. Today is December 18th. It's a Friday, and I'm so glad that you are with me. Uh, for those of you listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, you're hearing the show live today. So I'd love to hear from you with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Give me a call. Um, but also we want to welcome those of you who are tuning in on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. It's amazing to see how God has been growing this family uh, this listening family here on Calvary Live. So welcome to those of you on Truth FM and Hope FM, respectively. We want to remind you that those of you listening, though, on Hope FM and Truth FM on the East Coast in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. But what that means for you is we still want you to call in and call us with your questions about the Bible, call us with your prayer requests. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you. And then you guys have a unique opportunity where a week later after uh, your call, you'll be able to tune in. You'll be able to hear yourself on the radio when that broadcasts in your local area. And that is a cool opportunity for you to invite somebody else to listen and say, hey, I'm going to be on the radio at this time. You should tune in and hear the program. And that way you can, uh, you know, get that opportunity to introduce them to the Christian radio station in your local area. And who knows what God might do through that as they start listening to Christian radio. We hear great testimonies all the time of how God is using this program and all the other uh, Bible teaching that airs on our station um, to reach people with the gospel, to, to help them grow in their walk with the Lord. And so God uses Christian radio. And we want to just encourage you um, to introduce your friends to these stations that this show is on. And, uh, and see what God might do in their life. So you can do that in many ways, but we encourage you on the East Coast, give us a call just to be aware that you're listening on a one-week delay. But those of you in Colorado and Wyoming, as well as our listeners online, you are hearing the program live. And so also want to just take a second to greet those of you who are listening on our website or on our mobile app. I just got a map here that shows me where we have people tuning in in the moment, looks like we've got some listeners in Southern California, Las Vegas, up and down the front range of the Rockies, even into New Mexico, Texas, uh, down in the south, up in the Midwest, East Coast, Northwest, kind of kind of every region of the United States being represented. And we also have some international listeners in Kenya today and in Ukraine. So welcome to those listeners in Kenya and Ukraine and those of you tuning on in a different place in the United States online. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or with your prayer requests. Uh, this show gives you a direct line to a pastor every day for one hour live. And so the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 
336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. Here at the beginning of the show is always maybe the best time to call in because we have open lines when we start the show. And so later on in the show, it tends to get pretty full. So if you've ha got a question or a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Um, just a few words about myself as we wait for those calls and texts to start coming in. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And our church moved a few months ago. We're in a new location. And this new location has just been a huge blessing, especially in light of everything that's been going on with COVID. And uh, our location, our address, for those of you who would like to join us in person, and we are open for in-person services, our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. So 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. And where that's located, we're half a mile east of County Line Road, right on Highway 119, which is also called Ken Pratt Boulevard here in Longmont. We're directly opposite of Sandstone Ranch Community Park. And so if any of you know where Sandstone Ranch is or where the Walmart is on the east side of Longmont, southeast Longmont, we are right across the street. And you can't miss us. If you're driving down Highway 119, uh, east of downtown Longmont, just look to the north and you'll see our big sign on our building we bought the biggest sign we could possibly fit on our building so that it would be visible from the highway, and it is. And so when you pass by, would you please pray for us, pray for the ministry that takes place here uh, throughout the week and on Sunday mornings. And we would love to have you join us if you are in or near Longmont or the Frederick Firestone, Decono area, if you're near Mead or Berthoud, say Lafayette, or Erie, Niwot, Boulder, or Lyons, we would love to have you join us or if you are willing to drive further, we would love to worship with you. We have three Sunday morning services. Our services are at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. So 8, 9.30, and 11. And those are in-person services. We also have online services, so we're broadcasting all of our services online. Well, when I say all of our services, I should clarify that. We're broadcasting our 9.30 a.m. service and our 11 a.m. service um, on our website as well as our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Whitefields Church, and our Facebook uh, account or channel, which is facebook.com slash Whitefields Church. We'd love to have you join us for church, either in person or online. You can also check out all of our uh, Bible studies and worship services. They're archived on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, and you can go on there, and you can also find more information there about us and what God's doing here at our church. We're really excited about this season we're in, and we'd love to have you come and grow with us here at Whitefields. So check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. We'd love to have you worship with us in person or online this Sunday and any Sunday. We also want to let you know that we're having Christmas Eve services. So if you're looking for a place for your family to worship or for just yourself, we would love to have you worship with us on Christmas Eve. We're going to have three Christmas Eve services here in person, and they'll also be online. Those services are going to be on December 24th at 3 p.m., 4.30 p.m., and 6 p.m., respectively. So 3, 4.30, and 6, and we'd love to have you and your family come and worship with us for Christmas Eve. Um, I'm also the host of, of this show every Friday, and I also have a show that airs on 
Grace FM every weekday at 2.30 p.m. So every weekday at 2.30 p.m. you can hear our sermons cut for radio if you are listening to Grace FM at those times. And you can also, of course, check us out online on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. Again, the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. You can also text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to our first caller, Alexis in New Jersey. Hi, Alexis. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing great. What's up? Um, first of all, thank you guys for being here every day, every week, every year, because this is like my saving grace. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I have a I have a small problem. Maybe it's a big problem. I don't know. Um, I have a doubt problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been saved since... 2013, um, I grew up Catholic and then, you know, left out of that as a teenager and then came back to find Christ as my Savior and was baptized in 2013. Um, but I'm, like anybody else, I'm still in my flesh. I still struggle with sin. Um, but most of all, I have a mouth. <laughs> um, I tend to say a lot of really nasty things when I get to, like, a breaking point. And it's mostly between my husband and I. And, um, you know, although I believe in God and I believe I'm forgiven, I know there's scripture that says, like, he'll spit people out of his mouth that are lukewarm and stuff like that. Okay. So let's start with talking about the doubt, and then we'll talk about the the speech part. Um, you know you know who else had a doubt problem? It's pretty much half of the people in the Bible. So I think that doubt is actually a uh, fundamental part of what it means to have faith. I don't think that you can have faith without having doubt. And I think that having doubt is actually, I guess it's, it's a, a symptom of having faith, right? And I, I, I say that, I don't want to minimize the fact that you might be struggling with doubt, but let me read read to you a few passages from the Bible. Um, I would say this is maybe my favorite passage on the the idea of doubt, and that's this. That uh, we read this very intriguing phrase in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Now, a lot of times when people think of Matthew 28, they think of what's called the Great Commission, which is when Jesus sent out his disciples and told them this very famous phrase. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. But do you know what it says in the verse right before that? Here's what it says. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now think about this. Here are the disciples They are looking at Jesus, right? He's been raised from the dead, and they're looking at him. It says they've touched him. They've they've been with him for 40 days. And then they're standing there worshiping him, and they're having doubts. How is that even possible, right? Like, how is it possible to doubt even when you're looking at something, even when you've seen something? the resurrected Jesus, and placed your hands in his wounds. What it tells us 
is that two things. It means that even seeing doesn't take away doubt in some cases. But here's the other thing it tells us. It tells us that it's possible to worship and still doubt at the same time. You can have doubts and still worship God at the same time. And there's another interesting verse in the book of Jude, the one chapter long book of Jude, the book right before Revelation. Jude, in everything that he says, he says this phrase in verse 22, have mercy on those who doubt. Um, I, I've heard it said, and I think this is a great way to put it, a faith without some doubts is like a human body without any antibodies in it. Um, Anselm of Canterbury, who's a famous um, person in the Middle Ages, he put it this way. He put that the study of theology or the study of the things of God is faith seeking understanding. It's a person who says, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And so I would tell you that um, having doubts isn't a problem. The question is, what do you do with your doubts? And I would say that there are two different kinds of doubt. There is scoffing doubt. And scoffing doubt is the doubt that says, um, you've already kind of made up your mind that you're not going to believe. And so when you hear someone say something, you know, that, that expresses belief or maybe that, that gives an answer or seeks to give an answer to a doubt, you scoff at them, kind of a mocking laugh, you know. Right. It's the person who is cynical and they just don't care. And I, I'll give you a good example of the two kinds of doubts in one Bible passage, and that is in um, Genesis chapter 18. Here we have uh, the angel of the Lord comes to Abraham and Sarah. Now, it's been about 20 years or so since they've been given a promise that God is going to give them a child. And God right. gave them that promise. They were really excited. You mean they got, cool, we're going to be parents. It's amazing because we're old. And then they just right. kept getting older and then nothing happened. And so in Genesis 15, um, Abraham talks to God and he says, God, so you made this promise, but I haven't seen anything happen yet. Can you help me to, to know that you're really going to follow through with this? And God makes a covenant with Abraham at that time. Well, still years go by and nothing happens. And so then this angel of the Lord shows up and speaks to Abraham and Sarah and sits down with Abraham. Sarah's inside the tent, says to Abraham, okay, you're going to have a child. And Abraham, it says that he, he questions. He's like, how will this, how is this possible? So on the one hand, he's doubting, right? He's doubting that this is physically even right. possible. But on the other hand, it says that Sarah's, she's sitting over in her tent and it says that she laughed. And this uh, angel of the Lord calls her out on it and says, what are you doing laughing? So here's two people. They're both doubting. But here's the difference. Right. She's scoffing. And Abraham's right. saying, I want to believe. I have some sincere questions. If I could get those questions answered, it would really help me. So right. this is the difference. And, um, and so I would encourage you, it's not necessarily a problem to have doubts. The question is, what do you do with your doubts? Do you lean into I think them? I think it's more like the doubt is like, um, it's not so much doubt that like God is there or God is answering prayer, because I've seen him do it. I've seen things that I would think never would happen. My husband used to abuse me, and that doesn't happen anymore. Hmm. 
on like the grace of God, because my husband told me when we separated last, he said, you know, I prayed to God and told him that this is supposed to be my wife. Please allow me to stop doing this because this isn't right. And it hasn't happened since. I've seen the miracles of God. I'm, I think I'm more concerned, like, where am I going? Even though I believe, I'm afraid for some reason I've done something that he hates me for. <laughs> Mm, I see. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. You and know, here's... That he won't. He won't let me come home. Mm. But here's the good news of the gospel, and this is why it's really good news, because because you aren't the one who saved yourself. You're you you can't go losing this salvation, right? You can't. You didn't qualify yourself for it, so you can't disqualify yourself for it. You see. Right. And that's really good news because that means that that nothing that you've done and nothing you could do could disqualify you from this. Let's put it this way. It, I have a daughter and uh, she's small. So let's say we're crossing the street and she's holding my hand. Well, let's say in the middle of the street, she suddenly lets go of my hand and there's cars coming and she's in danger. Well, here's the good news. She might think that she's holding my hand, but the truth of the matter is that my grip on her is much greater than her grip on me. And even if she lets go, I'm not going to. And, right. and that, that's really good news. That's, that's um, something I want to encourage you to cling to, is that because your salvation isn't based on you and, and what you've done or not done, it's based on Jesus and what he did is finished. That's great news. Okay, now let's okay. talk about the, the other part of this. You say you say some nasty, vile things to your husband. Um, you know, Jesus said something. He said, out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he said, it's not what goes into a person that defiles them. It's what comes out, you know, and it's out of the heart that murder, adultery, and, and words come. And so here's what I want to encourage you on. I think that what you need more than anything is to experience the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need your heart to be changed from the inside out. And how that happens is, number one, of course, you put your faith in Jesus. You make him your Savior and your Lord. You, you recognize him as your Savior and your Lord. You embrace the gospel. And you ask him to come into your life and transform you. And when that happens, when you trust in Jesus, he puts his spirit in you and his spirit begins to transform you from the inside out. Now, but that doesn't mean that you don't have a role to play in this, right? Y you absolutely do. Your, your job is to you know, walk in the Spirit. You know, just as you've received the Lord Jesus, so walk in Him, is what we're told in Colossians. And so we I want you to walk in Him. What does that look like? Well, in practice, that looks like stuff like reading the Scriptures, getting God's Word into you, His Word, which is powerful and active getting it into your mind, your heart, um, and, and having it there in your life. Uh, the next part of this, you know, going to church, being in fellowship with other believers, which gives you fellowship and it gives you accountability. It gives you a, a context for hearing God's word and, and worshiping him, knowing other people and being known. Um, prayer, you know, turning to God. One of the things that happens in prayer, a lot of times we think of it as uh, us turning to God for the things that we need. But in reality, this is, us connecting with God personally, and as we do that, we can't help but be transformed uh, in the process. And so I want to encourage you to do these things, and then, you know, in the 
in Paul's letter to the Galatians, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And so having the Holy Spirit in your life, and he talks about sowing to the Spirit, right? And so that means that when we do actions, it's like planting seeds. And if you're sowing to the Spirit, which means you're doing these spiritual practices, then you will reap a harvest of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. As you're putting God's words into your heart and mind, those are going to be the words that start to come out of you as well as opposed to these other ones. So that would be my advice to you. And I'd be happy to, to pray for you as well. Um, so who who is God referring to when he says like the things where he's like, oh, turn away from me, I never knew you, or like, like I said, the spitting them out of his mouth and stuff like, isn't that for also believers? Yeah, so I put it this way. This is, those are people who absolutely thought they were believers. And in the end, they're in for a terrible surprise when it comes, they come to find out that they were not ever really saved. And so that, that you're referring to two different passages. One of them is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, where Jesus says these people come to him on the last day. He says, there will be people who come to me on the last day. They'll say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We did miracles in your name. And Jesus will say, go away from me, you, you evildoers, for I never knew you. And so these are people who, they did all the religious stuff, but at the end of the day, they didn't have a relationship with God. Right. And the other verse is, is for people who are lukewarm. It's speaking of a church that's kind of just going through the motions. And so, listen, I'll tell you this. If, if you care this much about it, that tells me that um, there's, there's a lot of hope for you. And I would say you're not in the category of, of being, hope, being you know, without hope in the world. So, I would encourage you, take that conviction. It's good to feel conviction. Feeling pain is a sign that you're alive, right? Like if, if your body is dead, then you don't feel anything. But the fact that you feel something is a sign of life. And so I want to encourage you, go with that and allow the Lord, with the, that conviction, just repent, you know, and say, Lord, I, I've sinned and I want to get right. I don't want to be spit out of your mouth. I don't want to be turned away for, at the at the judgment day, you know, and just really press into that and seek the Lord. Sounds good. Okay, let me pray I for you. I think I understand a little bit more now. Thank you cool. so much. Yeah, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we lift up Alexis to you. Thank you for her marriage. Thank you, Lord, that she's no longer being abused. We praise you for that, and we pray that that would continue. Lord, we pray for her that you would help her with her words. And Lord, that really from the inside out, you would do a transforming work in her life by your spirit. Lord, I pray that she would sow to the spirit and not to the flesh and that she would reap a harvest of righteousness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And thank you again for being here all the time. It, the program is just amazing. And I listen on Hope FM since I'm on the East Coast, but everything on there is just truly a blessing. It seriously is. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Cool. Thank God bless you. you, Alexis. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to the next caller, Joe in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the program. 
Hi, uh, another East Coast listener here too. Good to have you. Um, thank you. Uh, so uh, this is first started as a as a uh, uh, question, but then more of a prayer request. Um, so basically, uh, my dad and other people in our church, even my wife, uh, feels like there's a calling in my life, and um, my past includes you know me almost walking, well, pretty much walking away from the faith, and then thank God he brought me back. But as my time of like deconstruction and reconstruction of my faith um, theologically, um, I'm pretty much um, back on track with the doctrines that are just super critical and important, except for one, which is the Trinity. Um, and uh, the essentially, um, it, the, why that's important is, number one, obviously I don't want to hold on to the false doctrine, but two, um, our denomination um, requires that the Trinity be affirmed uh, in order for someone to, you know, be in ministry. Mm-hmm. And my dad, as you can imagine, being a pastor's kid, as some might really, you know, understand, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of expectations if you're a pastor's kid and you actually do become a pastor. And uh, I don't want to let my dad down. I don't want to let anybody down. But I also don't want to lie or be dishonest, you know, with my own faith journey. So I just want to ask for prayer about, you know, the whole issue with the Trinity. And uh, where I get hung up on is the third person being literally a second person and coupled with this one scripture about the the uh, uh, thief on the cross. Uh, he never—the word Trinity never was even—that word wasn't even around when the, when the thief on the cross died and, and, and entered in paradise with Christ. So if— if the if Trinity isn't really required for salvation, why do we make it a mandate for a believer? Um, that's where I get hung up on. And um, yeah, you know, that's that's just what I wanted to kind of share and ask for prayer for because yeah, I yeah I, I love the Word of God. I, I love uh, I know I, I definitely I, I kind of reluctantly, but I come to realize that I definitely have a call and. Uh, as much yeah. as I don't want to admit it, sometimes um, I, I definitely sense it myself. Sure. And well, I just want to be honorable, you know, and, and yeah. faithful. That's all. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you want to be sincere with your faith. I mean, I've, I've been at that place in my life as well where, um, you know, you, you want to ask yourself, am I just uh, going with things because this is what I've always been told or is this really what I believe? And I think that there's honor in that. Here's what I tell you. I don't think you need to believe in the Trinity in order to be uh, saved or to be a Christian, to have salvation, to receive salvation. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of people in heaven who have a lot of uh, doctrinal things that, that we will be corrected on. I expect that I will be corrected when I get to heaven and I'll, I'll have taught things or thought things for my entire life and then I'll, it'll turn out that uh, you know God will say, okay, well, it was actually like this. And I'll say, okay, got it. And then I will enjoy eternity in his <laughs> presence forever so yeah. there, that's one thing oh i don't think you need to believe in the trinity to be saved but here's the other part um to be a leader then i i think that you should um uh, you know especially if your denomination has rules the reason is because they have standards right of what uh somebody who's a leader in their church uh you know somebody's representing their their group of churches and this is what they've deemed to be uh what we would call a primary theological issue. And so really kind of your question comes down to the the question of what constitutes a primary theological issue, something about which there can be no disagreement. 
and what constitutes a secondary theological issue. And I would say this is uh, an issue that you know Christians are dealing with, whether in this subject or in other subjects, all the time. So I would say that it, w it would be dishonest for you to be in leadership in a denomination that that uh, was Trinitarian if you were not believing in the, in the Trinity. Personally, I consider it a primary issue, but is it necessary for salvation? Again, I think this is one where the answer would probably be no. Now, the reason it matters is because we're getting into the doctrine of God, right? This is um, who is God fundamentally. I'll tell you another reason it matters is because we're getting into soteriology or the doctrine of how you are saved. I would say that this actually plays into the fact that if Jesus is God, uh, that's really important for what it, the implications for what it means for how we are saved. So I'm going to ask if you would, wouldn't mind holding through the break. I've got to put you on hold right now. We've got a two-minute break. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. Number to call, 303-690-3000. Be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Well, good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Uh, let's go back to the caller we were talking to right before. This was Joe in Philadelphia. Joe, are you here with me? Uh, yeah. Can you okay. hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you great. Okay, so we were talking about the Trinity. Your question was, you know, um, can I be in leadership in my church if I don't believe in the Trinity and that's a requirement for this denomination. And the other question, part of the question was, can you be saved if you, if you don't believe in the Trinity? And so we've been talking about that. Um, but here's what I was curious, Joe, if you could tell me what was this particular verse that you're struggling with? Um, so the, the conceptually it was the, um, the thief on the cross that kind of demonstrates, okay, you can be saved without believing in, the literal point-for-point point Trinity doctrine that's settled, um, and then, and then it got me thinking about the verse. Um, it escapes me an exact reference, but it says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty." And it got me thinking, you know, with all the verses about Christ in you, the hope of glory, uh, Christ being inside of us. Why, why could not this be just symbolic? Um, uh, Jesus is speaking symbolically about he, 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 the counselor, that he is the counselor, and he is inside of us. The Holy Spirit is really the Spirit of Christ inside of us, so we really don't need a third, literal, separate person. And especially with that verse that says, now the Lord is the Spirit, kind of gives a black and white to me, but, you know, I, I just want to make sure if I'm in right standing to, to take that to that level. Yeah. So I, I think... Um where you may be, I think in a way, what you're doing is, is what uh, might be called proof texting, what, what you're doing, which means when you take a verse and you say, hey, this verse seems to be, you know, leading me to this conclusion. Um, here's, here's what uh, I would recommend to you. In, when I went to seminary, I, I studied a lot about the formation of, 
the historical development of particular doctrines. And this is one of them. You know, if you look at the progression for uh, Christians, and they had the four great ecumenical councils. The four great ecumenical councils were when the bishops from different parts of the world gathered together and they hashed out. And, and some of these, these weren't just like one day meetings or one week meetings. Some of them lasted for years. And they got together and they said, what do the scriptures say about this issue? And they didn't quit until they reached a consensus. And so the most famous of those would be Nicaea, or you had another uh, Nicaea Constantinople. Um, these were some Ephesus was one of the great councils. And then there was the Council of Chalcedon. Now, so what happened at these councils is that these, these different leaders got together and the, one of the first things they were deciding at the Nicene uh, gathering was, okay, there were some parts of the church that were saying that Jesus was not actually God. This is called Arianism. So this is basically what Jehovah's Witnesses believe today. And they searched the scriptures and they came to consensus that no, the scriptures do teach that Jesus is God. Okay, so as they went on, particularly at Chalcedon, that the issue was, is the Holy Spirit God? Is the Holy Spirit a third person of the Trinity, meaning that there is one God who eternally exists in three co-equal, co-eternal persons? And, and they, they formed the conclusion, or they came to the conclusion that yes, this is what all of the scriptures together teach. And I had the opportunity to kind of get into the weeds of how they reach those conclusions. And I could refer you to some of these things. Uh, let me give you a little bit of reading to do, if you don't mind. Um, the first and most simple place I want you to start is with Alistair McGrath's book, uh, Christian Doctrine. So Alistair McGrath, Christian Doctrine, and he has a section there on Trinitarian theology and how it developed historically. The reason I love this book is because it is a systematic theology. And what that means, in case anybody's not sure, systematic theology means it takes topics. So let's say you want to know what the Bible says about baptism or about the Holy Spirit. Systematic theology is here's what the Bible teaches on this topic. And so it is a systematic theology, but it has this historical element to it, which says, okay, here's how this doctrine developed. And that's why I love this book. So again, the name of the book is, uh, the, the author is Alistair McGrath, and the title of the book is Christian Theology. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe $50, $50, but it'll be some of the best $50 you ever spent having this book. Um, so one of my favorite books. The, the next um, thing I want you to read is I want you to look into the Cappadocian Fathers, the Cappadocian Fathers, um, and specifically, um, I believe it's Basil or Basil of Caesarea. And he and his brother, right? So they, they're the ones who really, uh, really argued for this at that, at that time in the early church. And one of their biggest arguments was on certain verses that showed that the early Christians, including Jesus himself, taught that um, that the Holy Spirit is is God. And a good example of this would be in Matthew 28, verse I just read a few minutes ago to another caller, where Jesus gives the Great Commission and he tells the disciples to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this baptismal formula is really important that it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
So there's a lot more to it than that, and I'll just leave you with uh, that to read up on. But um, I would encourage you. Yeah, I think you need to get this settled before you yeah, take any exactly. kind of leadership <laughs> position. And I don't want to do any type of dividing of like you know you know some people when they when they disagree on something they split you know they just leave the church and that's, that's silly you know um, uh, and so yeah I, I I definitely want to be careful prayerful most importantly about all this so I appreciate the reading um, and I've read up on on a lot of this stuff already but um, the historical piece um, sounds like something I I could read up more on so I appreciate the reference. You bet. And uh, yeah, God bless you. Hey, Joe, thanks for holding through the break, and we really appreciate the great question. Thank you. All right, God bless. Bye bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Number to call 303 690 3000 or text us 720 336 0897. Let's go to our next caller, Dalton in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Dalton. Welcome to the program. Hey, Nick. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for holding. Uh, no problem. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And uh, I just want to say thank you for everything that you guys do. I know you guys get a lot of thanks and everything like that, but I really do think that God's using you guys to further his kingdom on her, here on earth and, you know, uh, help a lot of people out, So uh, me included. So, um, But I had a specific question about prayer. Um I was listening to the live show yesterday, and Ed, uh, Pastor Ed Taylor <clears throat> mentioned something about prayer and how, like, when you, uh, I, I don't know, he meant he mentioned something about it, but it brought up something that I've kind of um, been wondering my for a while now. Um, if there's a specific way that we're supposed to pray, like I, um, and I do know that you know Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. And it's not so much to say the Lord's Prayer in a ritual, saying uh, that prayer specifically all the time, every day, every single day. It's more of an outline of kind of what our prayers should include. Um, and the reason why I've been wondering about this is because um, mostly when I pray, I, I honestly, I talk to God like I'm basically talking to you or talking to a friend or something like that. And, um, and, the reason why I do that is just because I've really grasped the, the whole uh, Christianity is not a, a religion, it's a relationship. And I'm wondering at this point if I've kind of uh, taken that too literally and I come to God too casually. And granted, I don't do it all the time. You know, I do definitely every once in a while pray in that kind of format, I guess you would say. But I'm just wondering if uh, you know, I don't want to say I'm doing it wrong because I don't know if there's necessarily a wrong way to do it or whatever. But I, I guess, it, does that make sense? I mean, does, is, do you see my confusion or question there? Yeah. So um, here's here's a few things I would say to you. That, well, I was going to say something. I, I changed my mind on that. Okay, so here's here's what I would say. I think that there's a place for saying something that is not necessarily words formulated out of your own thoughts and ideas. And there is a time when you having uh, a, a relationship, dynamic relationship with God and being just honest and real is really good. Here, here's a good example. I recently was with some friends and uh, one of my friends, he's another pastor and he had this book and this book was um, prayers for different situations. 
right? And so they're, they're written prayers, and the idea is that you read them in different situations. Now, a, a lot of people would push back against that and say, but those aren't your own words. Yeah, but, but here's the point. Oftentimes, I can get into a rut, right? I can get into a rut and just um, my thinking can be narrow. My words can be insufficient. And so sometimes it helps, you know, to have something like that that teaches me, uh, well, here's another way that you could pray in this situation. Here are, you know, certain words you could use, and that can help me. That can be a tool. But obviously, you can get into a place where if it's just rote repetition, if it's just meaningless words, you know, there are some religions, for example, that require that people pray in certain languages. And, um, and oftentimes I've met people who will pray in the language of their given religion and they don't even know what the words mean. In, even in that language, they've just memorized. In other words, they're just making sounds in order to be able to tick the box and say, I prayed the required prayer for today. Now, I think that we should definitely avoid something like that. But if you can pray, let's say the Lord's Prayer, and you can pray it with sincerity, and you can do it personally, um, I would say there's nothing wrong with praying it word for word. Um, I would say we want to use all the tools in the toolbox for the given seasons that we face and for the different situations that we face. There might be times when, because let's say you're going through something very difficult in your life, and you can't even formulate a thought. There's a time and a place for saying, you know what, I'm going to pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and I'm going to pray it word for word. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, by the strength of God, try and pray it with um, as much sincerity as I possibly can. And then there's another time when you say, okay, I'm going to take the Lord's Prayer and say, well, this is, this is more of an outline for the elements of good prayer, right? Referring to God as my Father, bringing before him praise and making my needs known daily and, you know praying for his will to be done praying for him to use me and um and praying for him to get glory you know having those elements in my own prayer so i guess my answer would be um let's use all the tools in the toolbox and i think that we constantly have to be checking our hearts to make sure that we're not uh you know just going through the motions or you know, it's a kind of a form of legalism when we start just saying, uh, I'm going to tick the box just to say that I did it. So, so as long as we're not getting to that place, I think uh, there, there can be a place for using some of these maybe even liturgical, more liturgical memorized things without mm -hmm. allowing ourselves to get to the, to the place of having it just be rote, empty repetition. Right. Well, and I guess part of the thing, too, uh, why I kind of more so it's more of a conversation when I pray uh, with God is more so is kind of along those lines of like, even if I try to make my prayers in the outline of um, the Lord's prayer or the Lord's prayer itself, um, I just feel like sometimes it's not genuine. And rather than, so when I just converse and try to talk to him, like it, he's here sitting next to me and everything like that, uh, it makes me feel more I, I feel like it's more genuine and it's more of a, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know, it, that, that's just, I, it, it makes me feel like it's more of a genuine prayer than, you know, uh, sure. just 
trying to structure it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, I guess my point is just to say that I found myself doing this at different times and getting into a rut where I find myself kind of praying the same thing all the time. And it's times like that when it really helps me uh, maybe bring in something else, another tool to help me in my prayer life. And I found that to be helpful. So I think it, it at the end of the day, comes down to, you know, why you're doing what you're doing um, and and that there's a little bit of room for for diff- using different tools. Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, uh, yeah, I just appreciate your input. Awesome. God bless you, Dalton. Thanks for calling you in. Too. All right, Thank bye-bye. You. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have three open lines right now, which means it's a great time for you to call in. We've probably got time for two to three more questions. If you have a question about the Bible, about theology, about something going on in the world or in your life personally, and you're curious what might the Lord have to say about it or what might the Bible have to say about it, I'd love to hear from you, talk with you. Uh, I'd love to pray for you if you have a prayer request. Give me a call. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. I'll take the opportunity right now to invite you. If you are in or around Longmont, I'd love to invite you to come and worship with us at the church I pastor here in Longmont called Whitefields Community Church. You can find more information about us on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. We have three Sunday morning services, 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. And uh, we are also broadcasting our services online at the 9.30 and 11 a.m. services are broadcast live on our website there and on our social media channels. So we'd love to have you worship with us either in person or online. More information available as well as directions to get to us at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Okay, so again, my name is Nick Katie. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here today taking your calls and texts on the air answering your Bible questions, praying for your prayer requests, give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go over to our text line and see some of the texts that have come in. One person writes in and says, Can you tell me how my testimony of being a Christian all my life is something I can share to people? I would like to understand this more, please. Well, you know, having a testimony is your story of how you've experienced God's grace in your life. And so, it, you know, having, a t- having been a Christian your whole life, my hope is that you, ha- you have some stories to tell of how you have experienced God's grace in your life during that time. Maybe there are testimonies of how God has heard your prayers, how God has brought you through difficult things, uh, how God has helped you wrestle with some of your doubts. Maybe there are other uh, examples, you know, maybe it was a healing that you experienced, something like that. You know, I would say you probably have many testimonies to share. Um, now, now, one thing I might be, and I, I hope I'm not reading too much into your question here, but one thing I've noticed is that in Christianity, ev- evangelical Christianity sometimes, we can have this tendency, this culture that says, you know, you want to have a... Um, you want to have like a really impressive testimony, right? Because we tend to platform these people and they're like, hey, I, I used to live in a trash can. I shot drugs in my eyeballs and then I, I tried to assassinate the president. But now I 
believe in Jesus and now I wear clothes and everything's great. And, uh, you know, we think that is what makes a good testimony. Well, I would say, hey, look in the Bible. Check out a guy like Joseph. Check out a guy like Daniel. These are people who walked with God and they didn't compromise. And there's something to, to be said for that. That's like a, it might be considered, you know, in our day and age, a boring testimony, but it's a glorious testimony. It's the Lord's sustaining work that I didn't have to experience all the drama and trauma that's caused by sin. I walked with the Lord and because I walked with the Lord, here's how I saw his faithfulness. Here were the blessings of walking with the Lord and you can too by his strength. I would say that there's absolutely a testimony in there for you to share. And, you know, testimony, think about what a testimony is. They, they came to the disciples in Acts chapter four and they said, hey, you can't talk anymore about, the, about this Jesus. And they said, how in the world do you expect us to stop talking about what we have seen and heard with our own eyes and our own ears. And that is the essence of a testimony. Just sharing what you have seen, what you have heard, your experience with God, that's very powerful. And I would encourage you um, that you can do that without having to have, have had some kind of big you know, conversion story. Uh, you can do it by just saying, hey, maybe I don't even know at what point I crossed over that line of truly trusting in Jesus, but here's how I've experienced his faithfulness in my life. And God wants to do this in your life as well. So that would be my advice to you. But hey, let me tell you this. I love the fact that you want to share your testimony with people. May God empower you and embolden you by his spirit to do that for his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to our next caller, Maria in Severance, Colorado. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the program. Hi there. How are you? Doing great. What's up? Awesome. So I have a question. Um, me and my mom have a really rocky relationship, you know, and it gets to the point where um, I just can't, I guess, say, not say anything nice about her because, you know, she's really not fine, you know. But at the same time, it's hard because I am a Christian and I feel like we're supposed to honor our parents. And so my question is, how can I honor her when it's difficult to do so? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, there's uh, some verses about this, like in the book of Romans, you know, give honor where honor is due. And it's speaking there or actually in, in first Peter as well. You know, he says, honor the um, emperor. And if you think about who the emperor was at that time, it's so, so crazy that he would say that in a way, because the emperor was Nero, who had just killed the apostle Paul. That's the purpose for Peter writing first Peter. He's like, Paul just died at the hands of Nero. And then Peter says, and honor the emperor. You can imagine people, you know, wanting to throw that scroll across the room. How could I honor a man who does terrible things to my, to my friends? And yet what Peter's saying is, uh, we honor the position even when the person acts unhonorably or dishonorably. And I would say that you can do that with your, your mother as well. You know, that's the one commandment in the Ten Commandments that comes with a promise. You know, honor your father and mother all the days of your life so that it may be well with you. And so it is uh, not an easy thing to do, but I would just encourage you, how can you honor your mom? Uh, you can honor her in the way that you speak to her. You can honor her um, by lovingly, you know, showing her deference, right? Uh, when that's appropriate. And uh, I would just encourage you that, that having a rocky relationship with your mom, one of the greatest ways that you can, you can love her is just by serving her. And that's going to require 
death, right? Somebody's going to have to die for, th for this relationship to move forward at all. And the invitation as followers of Jesus is for us to be the ones who die first say, I'm going to die to myself. And I don't, I don't know what that looks like or, or even all the details of your situation. And maybe it sounds like I'm being a bit too simplistic. But, um, you know, this, this Sunday at my church, I'm teaching a message on why it is that the people in Jesus' day, they didn't get it that he kept talking about dying. And yet they kept trying to make him king. And they didn't get it. Why didn't they get it? And uh, it gets this whole idea that they had, a, they had totally missed this whole point from the book of Isaiah about how the Messiah was going to come and be the servant. And I would say this, that we don't love the idea of serving people. In fact, we really push back against it. And the reason is, you know, serving is just not glorious it's not that fun because it means that you don't do what you want to do you do what somebody else does and you usually don't get thanked or somebody else's agenda and you usually don't get thanked for it and yet we follow this man jesus who came and said that true greatness is found in serving others and and so it's so uh, against everything in our human nature and yet, um, I think that we can look at Jesus and see that this really is true greatness. This really is what it means to love someone. And, and it reminds me of in the movie, the, the Princess Bride. Do you remember this line where it says that Buttercup, the princess, her favorite thing to do was to boss around the servant boy, Wesley. And she would tell him, fill up this or, you know, go do that. And every time, the only thing he would ever say to her is, um, what was the line that he said? Was it, as you, as you wish? And it said that he realized, she eventually realized that every time he said, as you wish, um, he was actually saying, I love you. Now that's super cheesy, but in a way, I mean, isn't that what it means to, to serve somebody? It's you saying, as you wish, and that itself is your way of saying, I love you. And so I would just encourage you in, in those ways uh, to look for those opportunities. Okay. Well, if you could pray for me, I mean, it is difficult and she's just so harsh. Yeah. Let's pray for her. Pray for you and for her. Lord, we pray for Maria and I pray for her mom. And uh, Lord, I, I do pray that you would guard Maria's heart and her mind from the hard words that her mother's speaking. I pray that Maria's identity and value would be so firmly entrenched in who you say that she is and how much you care for her, that she would just have a surplus of resources to be able to um, overflow to her mother and show her mother love even when her mother's not being lovable. And I, I thank you, Lord, that you can empower us to do this because this is what you've done for us. You loved us when we were not at our best, when we were even enemies of you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help Maria to show that Christ-like love, even if it's never appreciated. Lord, um, you invite us into that, and I pray that she would be blessed as she um, shares in the suffering of Christ. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You bet. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, we have time for this one last call. I hope we have time. Let's go to Stuart in Loveland, Colorado. Hey, how are you doing? Good. I have like one and a half minutes. Okay, real quick. I'm a truck driver just passing through, stumbled on your program. I appreciate it already. Um, I struggle a little bit with 
when I'm trying to talk to people, like I have a friend that doesn't believe, he leans more towards Islam. I have a brother who doesn't believe, hasn't accepted Jesus. And I feel like I'm maybe too arrogant when I'm putting forth that Christianity is the only way to salvation. And I, I, I put messages on Facebook and whatnot, and I, I need help with how I should go about doing it the right way and not being arrogant about it. Yeah, so I would I would say, you know, I know this is something that probably a lot of people say, but um, maybe maybe do some listening, find out where people are, how they got to those positions. But I think it's a good thing that you bring up, you know. It's not just that we say the right things. It also matters how we say those things. And oftentimes, you know, you might say all the right things, but somebody won't hear it because of the tone you say it with. And this is something I think that we should be very aware of, and I, I think you're... Um, you're right on for bringing it up. And um, I would just encourage you, ask the Lord to give you empathy for people, help help you to see people not as necessarily rebellious, but as misled, you know, to see people as hurting uh, rather than just wrong. And so um, I love the fact that Jesus looks out over Jerusalem and he weeps over the city because he sees them as sheep without a shepherd, as those who he wants to gather under his wings, but they haven't come. Just that idea that we would look at people and rather than being angry and saying, look at all these people with the wrong ideas. Look at all these people who don't want to believe. No, he looks over them and he weeps. And may God give us that same heart. And I think it would absolutely affect the way that we talk to people. So thank you, Stuart, for that question. And uh, I'm glad we could fit you in. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online whitefieldschurch.com for service times in person and online. And I'll be with you again next Friday. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.